Hey friends, happy Wednesday. I am so thrilled that so many of you are loving last week's podcast episode on our vision of the Royal Twenties and your Elegant Excellence journals that have arrived and you've been diving into them. I have seen you share about both of those so much on Instagram stories in the last week. And what really stands out to me in both of those regards is that you're loving the energy of both of those. Last week's was a very energetic podcast, somewhat in contrast to a time of of year when we tend to be very structured, actually, with I'm going to make lists and I'm going to make goals and I'm going to uh, have all of these objections that I have, um, objectives <laughs> that I am trying to accomplish versus just how do I want to feel and what is the energy and what is just this vision that I can have that helps me show up. And I'm hearing the same from you when it comes to the Elegant Excellence Journal, that you're saying, man, this is giving me so much permission and freedom and it moved me to tears at this point. And this is what I have been searching for. I've been, I haven't been able to describe it, but I felt like things were lacking before in the other systems that I tried. And I'm just so grateful, most of all, that the energy is what is resonating with y'all. And if you are an entrepreneur and you want a different energy in your business of more ease and momentum and less loneliness and less overwhelm, and you appreciate the energy that is in my life and my business from what you see and feel of it, I want to tell you that the Elegant Excellence Mastermind is accepting applications for just a little bit longer. So swipe up and check that out if you are looking for a community and wisdom and support and truly a different energy in your business in this new year to feel less exhausted and alone and confused and overwhelmed. We have all been there, but you do not have to be there alone or stay stuck in that anymore. You can also get a taste of the team teaching that is inside that. I'm doing a free CEO hour workshop and you can swipe up for that in the description below as well. Today, speaking of energy, we have some great energy from one of my dear personal friends who is our first ever guest on the You're Welcome podcast, my dear friend Brian Brister, a close friend of Jeremy and I's from here in New York who is also a listener of the You're Welcome podcast. He's one of those friends that will text me from time to time about what he got out of this episode or how he's loving that episode, which means so much to me. And the reason that I wanted to sit down and chat with him today is he lost 140 pounds over the last year. 140 pounds in one year. In the midst of that, he also moved from New York to California. He quit his day job to become a full-time freelancer and entrepreneur. But as we've been texting this year, as we haven't lived near each other any longer, we've had a lot of conversations about change because, as you know, as a listener of this podcast, it's something that I'm really fascinated by. I think that there is something within all of us that we deeply desire to change. It may not be weight loss. Uh, I shared today about anxiety, which it was for me. For you, it may be wishing that you weren't such a people pleaser or you could be more patient or you weren't as reliant on alcohol or you had the courage to pursue your dreams, whatever it is. We all resonate with that across the board, whether you are 18 or 78. And it's especially heightened this time of year when regardless of how you feel about making this list of New Year's resolutions, we simply are thinking about how do I want to feel differently in this decade, in this year, in January. And this is one of those episodes where you are probably going to want to take a lot of notes because we cover so much. It is so good really diving into what is it that inspires change? How do we get to the point that we are ready and willing to change? What makes us able to change and to stick with that change? We cover so much. So Hold on to your hats and let's dive in. 
You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. I'm so excited you're here today. And I'm so excited to see you in person because you've changed so much since I saw you at my wedding, which is almost a year ago now. That's wild. It doesn't feel like I haven't seen you because I've seen you on Instagram. But it still is surreal. We just actually this morning got our wedding video from oh. our uh, videographer. We watched it over breakfast before I headed here to the studio. That's and amazing. we all were like, oh, my gosh, look at Brian. Because there's this moment <laughs> of you singing in our ceremony. And you just look so different. And it doesn't feel to us like our wedding was that long ago. It was almost a year ago. But it's just amazing. So what what prompted this change? Like, I am so fascinated with how many people want to change something in their life. For a lot of people in America, that is weight loss is a very common one. But just across the board, there's so many things that we wish was different about ourselves. So I'm so fascinated by just what prompted what became this massive change in your life. It's interesting. And I, I've tried to pinpoint like an exact moment of that. And and I don't think there is an exact moment of change. Like there were a number of things over a period of time. Some of those I've talked about on my social media. Some of those I've kind of kept closer mm-hmm. to me. Um, one in particular that I haven't shared with many people, and I think it's probably where it all started, is a very dear friend of mine passed away unexpectedly following a surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that was due to the fact that he was so overweight. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I wasn't as overweight as he was, but I also wasn't doing anything to change it. And so that meant that ultimately one day I could be in that position. Yeah. So that was kind of the beginning of where it started. However, I didn't immediately go make a change then. Um, and so for the next several months leading into that, I was like, just constantly that was on my mind. Uh, and I remember that last year at Thanksgiving, I was talking to a group of friends And the conversation came up about dating and like, you know, are you dating anyone? Are you interested in dating anyone? Like you're in your thirties. You don't have to make that decision. Like, is that a decision you made to not do that? Yeah. And I was like, no, I definitely want to date someone at some point. However, I'm also not surprised that it's been so long since I dated someone because I don't find myself attractive. Like I am miserably uncomfortable in this body. I don't find this body attractive. So I'm not expecting other people to find it attractive. Wow. Um, I'm very unhealthy. I'm very unhappy with the body that I have. I'm on a lot of medications because of it and because of the health choices that I'm making um, or the non-health choices that I'm mm-hmm. making. Um, but the thing is, that conversation wasn't a, but today's the day I'm going to yeah. do it. It literally was, I remember saying, but somehow... I have to figure out how to love this body and find this body attractive because apparently this is what I've got to work with and this Mm -hmm. is what I'm going to have for the rest of my life and I need to figure out what that looks like. And I just remember in that moment being so defeated and I, I feel like that was the moment that I like gave up and I was like, this is it. I'm actually, because I had tried so many things over the years And I would lose 20 or 30 pounds, but I would get tired or bored or just want pizza. 
and I had no accountability whatsoever. I had no one with me on that journey. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I would go have pizza, but then because I had screwed up, I would just have pizza again tomorrow and then I would have donuts and then I would have ice cream. And then I would six months later had gained 40 pounds of the 20 I had lost. Yeah. Um, and so then it was literally just a couple of weeks later, I had already moved to LA and I saw, um, a before and after photo that a friend of mine posted on social media of another person. I didn't know the guy. I knew nothing about him. But his before photo looked pretty similar to me, mm. and his story was almost identical to where I was. He said things in his story that I had said in that conversation a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, wait, m maybe, maybe I can. And so I reached out to my friend, and I was like, hey, I, I want to talk. I want to know what this is. And so we hopped on a phone call. He told me about the program. And I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. I, I'll try it for a month and see what happens. Because if it works, amazing. If it doesn't, well, as unfortunate as that is, I've wasted money on things before. Yeah. And I'm currently not doing anything. So why not? Yeah. And then that program, did you start to see or feel different results than you had prior? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because so that was the I... Within the first month, I had already gotten so much energy. Mm. I felt better every day. I had so much mental clarity. And I mean, my results aren't typical, but I lost 30 pounds in the first month. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I do. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Who loses 30 pounds in a month? Yeah. I did. Me. Yeah. And, yeah. So that, that was it. It was. There was such a drastic change in multiple areas of my life in that first month that I was like, I have to do another month. Mm. And then by the end of month two, I was like, guys, this is it. That I, This is actually going to change my life. I have found the thing yeah. that's going to do it. I'm, I'm interested because I'm always looking for the, okay, so what's, what's the takeaway? What's the teaching mm -hmm. in that? Yeah. And I feel like there was kind of three components of it for you. First was what I always say about change is that we have to get to a point where we are so uncomfortable where we're at right now that the discomfort of change feels like, well, it can't be any worse than this. Yeah. Like I may as well give it a whirl, <laughs> but that, that usually if it really is a tough stronghold in our life, there has to be that kind of that bottom of the barrel moment in some ways, because otherwise, even if we are uncomfortable, this is the discomfort that we are comfortable with. This is this discomfort we're familiar with. Mm -hmm. And so it seems counterintuitive. We want to look at someone else and say, but you're unhappy. Why would you not just change? And yet, whether it's our temper or our anxiety or whatever, we have this, well, but I... I know this. So I think that first of really whether, I mean, seeing the the friend who passed away, realizing it was affecting your dating, all those things kind of leading up to more and more sort of like rock bottom in a way, I think, mm. of just, well, like, I, I can't be any more unhappy almost or like or scared or motivated or whatever. And then the second part of hearing someone's story that resonated like I know when I had my aha moment about being an entrepreneur, it was getting sent a blog post and I looked into this girl's story and suddenly I was like, wait a minute, we're 
we're the same mm-hmm. age. She has a, a theater degree as well. Like she is a Christian as well. There were just so many things that resonated. We had friends in common. Like in a moment, it shifted my idea of I always thought entrepreneur meant like a tech guy in Silicon Valley dot com. Something it never <laughs> yeah. occurred to me that that was me. But suddenly I'm seeing this person who I've never met and they're in a different industry. I'm not trying to suddenly become the next them. But that when you say that person said things that sounded just like me or they kind of looked like me and that hope is kind of the second part, seeing the example. Mm -hmm. And then I think the third component of when you start to see that change and obviously in your case, because the change was great it was really obvious and noteworthy that gives you a lot more momentum to go forward i say so often i think a lot of the things we want to change are such small shifts that that's why we don't stick with it because we're like well i've i mean i've i've gone to therapy four times and i just i'm not less anxious so i i don't know like and i'm like okay well come listen to the you're welcome podcast i'll yeah. tell you over years and years and years how like i was just on a call yesterday with my financial planner and she was like can i just say you sound so different like wow. a year ago you would not have been saying these things and i was like i know right i told i i 100 i agree but and it was things of like oh i think this thing might happen in my business that would have panicked me a year ago mm. and i'm like but you know i think if it happens we'll be okay she was just like that is massive growth i, was like, <laughs> I know right but that's it's so tiny and minuscule over the years. There was yeah. never a my equivalent of losing 30 pounds of healing my anxiety or, you know, feeling like I was suddenly a better boss or whatever the things were that felt like this is what I want to get better at. So I'm also curious if there were things that helped in that. Why it was so effective, like one of the timing things that I'm curious about is you you moved to LA at this point. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering how much you feel like that affected like being in a different environment or was do you feel like that was part of the success of it? I definitely feel like it was part of the success of that. And the reason being, I've known for a very long time that I'm affected by weather. Um mm. it is something that I have struggled with for a long time. And so in that, I knew that being in New York in the winter, in the cold was a problem. And I still did it because it's all I wanted. I wanted to be in New York. I wanted to live in New York. So, Mm -hmm. and I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine in New York about the, the idea that I was considering leaving New York. (laughs) And before I could even get the entire sentence out of my mouth, she goes, Oh my gosh, please go. (laughs) And I was like, Wow, thanks so much for that. And she goes, no, come on. You know that I love you. But it's so hard to watch you struggle so much in the winter and have to go to therapy and have to be on medication just to get through winter to live in a place that you've always wanted to live. So in moving to L.A., where it's abundant sunshine for the most part, um, definitely not as cold as New York. So I think that, yeah, that was a huge part of it. But then also just, we talk a lot about like healthy surroundings and healthy Mm -hmm. surroundings, meaning location, the people that are in your life, um, you keep a lot of junk food in your house, like all of these things. Yeah. And for me, 
I started program shortly after moving to LA, which meant I didn't have my unhealthy food choices in LA yet. I had not made those places. Yes, exactly. I can tell you every place in New York that I made unhealthy food choices because yeah. I made them multiple times a week. Yeah, you built that habit groove. Yeah, of absolutely. When I get off the subway, if I go yep. right, this pizza place is here. Right, yeah. Whereas I don't have that in LA. Yeah. And it's funny because people come to LA and they're like, where should I go eat? We're looking for this. And I was like, oh, I actually have no idea because I haven't eaten that since I came to L.A. Mm. So I don't know. I can tell you where to get a great piece of chicken and some wonderful vegetables. Are you really into <laughs> salmon? Because I got you. <laughs> my, my seafood game is really strong yeah, here. Yeah, really good here. Uh, but yeah, and so definitely like changing surroundings made a deal with that. I'm not saying that I couldn't have made the changes in New York. Right. But I do believe the battle would have been harder mm -hmm. in New York where I already had those places. Now, that being said, I've also, in saying that to other people, people were like, wait, so are you saying that I should move to do this? And I was right. like, no, I'm not saying that. Like, you can do this, but be aware that your journey may be a little more difficult in this one specific area mm -hmm. than mine was. However, there are also probably other areas that you're going to excel at that I really struggled at. Right. Because I love donuts so does los angeles there is a donut shop there are more donut shops than there are starbucks there have to be oh i gosh. have never seen so many donut shops in my life <laughs> and this was even before i went on program i noticed there were donut shops everywhere because mm. i was like i need to try that one and that one and that one oh there's another one over there okay it, it's crazy yeah yeah so i didn't struggle with all of my previous haunts for mm -hmm. lack of a better term but I struggle with the fact that there's a donut every two and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was just reading uh, the book Atomic Habits, and he was talking about the importance of environment and you know, which we know of things like we become the average of the people around us and things like that. So people who are smokers tend to be friends with more smokers mm. and people who have been more effective at quitting smoking tend to be, you know, friends with more people like that. And I've thought about in my life every time I've moved apartments my business has really gone through a shift. It's always kind of felt like an up leveling of my life as I went from like having no roommates to living by myself, from living by myself where there was a bug issue to living in a lovely one bedroom to living in a lovely one bedroom to living in a magnificent, you know, waterfront <laughs> two bedroom. Like each time I have noticed, man, there is an energy shift that because my environment shifts, mm. And I go to a next level of change and I break through things, which, again, is a little bit challenging then that people are like, so you're saying if I want my business to grow, I should get a new a new apartment or a new house. <laughs> OK, I'm not saying that that right. for everyone, but it is worth noting that how much our environment affects us. And maybe that's just like you completely redid the layout of the house and yeah. you, you know, moved from here to there or you created a new route to work or something you completely shifted your work schedule so you were eating at different times so you were on break with someone different mm -hmm. but realizing how much it's that what about the community component of the program that you've done has that been a major difference from what you had tried previously absolutely so the great part about this is there is a private facebook group for all of the people who are a part of this program mm -hmm. where they are constantly sharing you know things they're learning or questions they have or just sharing their success story or this week I lost this or this week I experienced this 
habit of healthy motion or, you know, all of these different things. Um, I started meditating this week or just like spending all of these different things and they're sharing this all in this group. And it's just been so cool to see all these people come alongside each other and support and encourage and celebrate knowing that we all know right where you're at because we either were there or we're there currently or we'll be there on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a huge part of it is just that community. And I remember even in the beginning when I first started, um, a lot of people post their before and after photos. And I remember going in and saving all of these before and after photos to my phone Mm-hmm. And creating a folder on my phone before and after photos. And every time that I was like really struggling with wanting to do something that went against what I knew was necessary to get to my goal, I would take a break and I would just go through these before and after photos. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling my best friend, I was like, I'm going to continue to do this and I'm going to let their stories be enough for me until I have my own. Ooh, that's and good. it was so wild to be like, and, and that can be with anything. It doesn't, I mean, obviously with weight loss before and after is great, but with anything, you can find something from other people that inspires you Yeah. that when you're not inspired or when you don't want to do what it is that is required for your goal, then you can use that as an inspiration. Yeah. It's the same reason that people go back to vision boards or yes. what are your 10, 10 year goals? Mm-hmm. I mean, like we, I put more of that into the Elegant Excellence Journal this time of of going back and reminding yourself each month, where is it that I'm headed? But I love how practical that is for whatever this is. I can put these photos on my phone in a folder and have this to go yeah. back to. Yeah. And do I'm, you have a coach in this yes. process? Yeah. So that has been the ultimate game changer of all game changers. Because mm-hmm. I said... I said before, like, if I got tired or bored or wanted a pizza, I just did that because I had no accountability. Yeah. So in this, anytime you become a part of this, you automatically get a health coach as a part of the program. Someone Mm -hmm. to come alongside you, to support you, to encourage you, to answer questions or direct you towards those answers, to hold you accountable. I mean, it's all done in love. There's no judgment. But, you know, just to hold a mirror in front of you and remind you of, hey, three months ago, you said that this was important and we're not there yet. So is this still important? Because that we're trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having somebody that I could reach out to and talk to and be like, here's where I'm at. And I don't know what that looks like, but one moment in particular, and I mean, there are so many, but one moment in particular, back to donuts, I, I always end up talking about donuts. Um, Everyone has their thing. Yeah. Yeah. So one moment in particular was actually National Donut Day. I had been really struggling with donuts. The like, worst day of the year in literally, your world. They're all over social exactly. media. Every place Instagram you walk into wants to give you a free, free one. one. Yeah, it's just like they were everywhere. And I was like, I, I can't do this. I have to go home. I, I, I can't be in public right now. There are just donuts everywhere. Um, and so I went home and just so happened that my coach called for just a weekly check-in. Just a, hey, how are you doing? And I burst into tears and she goes, okay, I, I'm going to let you have this moment. Um, and then she goes, and then, and then we're going to talk about this. And so I cried and she goes, so, so what's going on? And I was like, I can't get over donuts. And she goes, oh, okay. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. What does that look like? And I was like, what do you mean? What does that look like? I want donuts. And she goes, well, okay, here's a question I have for you. What do you love about donuts? 
taste amazing and they're pretty. <laughs> and she goes, okay, uh, what's your favorite memory of a donut? And I remember this birthday party where there were a lot of donuts, just like they decorated with donuts and everybody had donuts. It was just a really cool thing with donuts. Um, and then she's like, tell me some memories that you have of donuts. What do you love about going to get a donut? When do you most often find yourself wanting donuts? And then I began to work this back and back and back mm. and back until I realized that, yes, I do have a lot of great memories with donuts. However, most often I go to donuts when I'm stressed about something or when I've been made to feel insignificant mm. because a donut has never stressed me out. And a donut has never made me feel like less of a person. Yeah. And I remember standing in the middle of my bedroom going, what did we just do? I, I thought this was about donuts. This is about me feeling insignificant in a certain area of my life right now. Yeah. Okay. This is a whole different conversation, but I never would have gotten there on my own yeah because i wasn't asking myself questions mm -hmm. like that i was going you don't get to eat a donut okay right. but i want a donut but you don't get to eat a donut that's all i was doing right but having someone ask questions like that i was like okay i now i need to go journal about this and i need to work through this process and i need to figure out what am i currently feeling insignificant for mm -hmm. like what is making me feel of less than what i know that i am called to be that has gotten me there. Mm -hmm. And that has happened so many different times where I, I will 100% be the person to admit that like I had an addiction to food for many years mm -hmm. and I went to food for everything. And I mean, positive or negative, my answer was food, celebration, frustration, anger, sadness, bitterness, joy, all of it, yeah. food. But now knowing that, I, so I eat six times a day on a schedule of every two to three hours. So what would happen is I would feel away. I would want food. I would look at my phone and I'd go, oh, but I don't get to eat for another hour. Huh. I, I guess I'm going to have to work on this instead. Oh, just be present with this feeling. With this emotion and, and feel whatever this is because I can't just go experience it with food. I have to actually experience it which then led me to journaling a lot more, praying a lot more, spending a lot more time thinking about what these things looked like in my life, which ultimately is where the freedom from that addiction came was because before I didn't think about it, I was just like, oh, having a moment, I'll get food, mm -hmm. which then meant that the moment was never addressed. The emotion yeah. was never dealt with. So yeah, definitely having a coach in that and someone and not even a coach necessarily, but just someone who will walk with you, who will allow you to talk to them and will ask you questions that you're not asking yourself mm -hmm. is the ultimate game changer for me. Yeah. I have an executive coach that I work with and we were just talking about this with, there's something I teach called the wand that's in the Elegant Excellence Journal. And it's basically cognitive behavioral therapy of mm -hmm. there is a situation about which we have a thought, which triggers a feeling from which we take an action that gives us a result. And I said to her, I know this and I teach this, but why do I not do it more often? Like I said, I, I woke up today and I was feeling anxious and I wasn't sure why I was feeling anxious. And I had the thought, if I sit down and do a wand, I bet I'll figure it out. 
So why am I resistant to sitting it down, sitting down and doing it? And she what we kind of unpacked is that because it will very likely call you to do or admit something (laughs) that you don't want to do. And I said to her, although every time I do it, I feel better. Yes. I'm always glad I did it. But why then do I resist it? It seems so Uh illogical. But she said there's something in there that makes you say, if I sit down and walk back to why do we not have this seat filled on my team that is stressing me out? The ultimate answer is going to be I have to take responsibility Mm. that at this time I made this financial decision and I got distracted by this thing and I'm going to have to take ownership. It feels easier to just be like, oh, why? Just shake your head, you know, sit your hands at the the heavens. Like, why is this thing? And just complain about it. And she said, she's like, but she has a coach. Like, she's like, I, it is so much easier to see this in someone else. She's like, you're not alone. You're not weak in this area. We all struggle with this. It's a muscle that we're all working to grow more. But that component to me is the, the coach slash community accountability ethos. Like, that's why I, why I created in some ways the Elegant Excellence Journal in that there's just it is more self accountability that you're going through. But mm-hmm. you're like, OK, Hillary, if I want Hillary to be my virtual coach, she's got something for me to do on a monthly and weekly basis here to report back in on. And then more so why I created my mastermind was knowing specifically as entrepreneurs, I think same thing specifically with weight loss. Like when there's a big thing that, you know, not everyone in my life gets this and I'm going to be hit with challenges on a daily basis that could just really break me down and I could really beat myself up how different it is. And and we see that again when you study books on habits and change. Why is there Weight Watchers? Why is there Al-Anon? Like these things have been around for a long time and how powerful that component of it is. I'm curious now that you coach other people, what do you see as the motivator for change for other people across the board? Now that you're hearing their stories of why do they why are they making this choice and then why are they sticking with it when presumably they wanted to lose weight for a long time? Why is now the time? Do you see does everyone kind of have a similar story or are there common themes? I would think that there are common themes, yes. Um, because you're right. There are people who we're kind of in my same place where it's like, I've been this way for years. Mm-hmm. I felt this way about this thing for a very long time and didn't make the change until this. And sadly, most often, I mean, thankfully, most often it's not someone dying, but sadly, most often it is a major thing that happened in their life. Someone got very ill. Mm. Someone was in a major accident. Someone was given this terrible diagnosis. Like it is this really tough gut-wrenching thing that made them go what is important in my life what Mm. matters okay this matters and I I haven't taken the time or this has to matter more or I will have a previous experience or a similar experience as well and so that's a huge part of it is something major happens that makes them go okay this is it or um, a lot of people um, related to wanting to be better parents. They're mm. like, I constantly hear my kids say, mommy, daddy, let's do this thing. 
and I'm not physically capable yeah. of being there with my children. I can't be present. I can't go mm-hmm. in the yard and play. I can't take them to the park. Like I can't do these things because I can't do those things. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of it is, I just want to be a better parent. I just want to be a person that can be with my children, but that can also teach my children how to be better at this. Mm-hmm. And so a huge thing that we do in the beginning before anyone actually starts a program is we have them sit down, take time and make a list of whys. Why is this important to you? Why does this matter? And I tell them there's no wrong answer. Yeah. And it can be as big or broad or it can be as focused and direct as you need it to be. And I mean, I had some I had some things on my list that were pretty expected like I want to be able to move better. I want to be able to walk upstairs without huffing and puffing and needing to take a break. But also, like, I want to wear light-colored clothing and not see every problem with my body. Mm. I want to go to the beach and not be miserably uncomfortable with the idea of taking my shirt off. Yeah. Like, very specific things, but then also very broad things. Like, I don't want to die before I'm 40. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. So, making that list of whys. And I tell them also in that is... I want you to make this bigger than any excuse could ever be. There needs to be something on that list that nothing that you face is ever mm-hmm. going to be bigger than that. And yeah. if that's your children, then like, yeah, let's do that. I yeah. want to be a better parent for my child. That means that today I'm going to say no to these things in order to say yes to my mm-hmm. health. Yeah. I'm teaching a, uh class right now that I always teach around this time of year with goal setting and vision casting. And now that I have the tangible journal, I've been doing a different spin on it because Mm -hmm. a lot of that content is in the journal. And one of the things I've been doing a version for entrepreneurs and I'd ask them their most common, their six most common challenges in business. And the six most common one is getting started, which really just for anyone would be like making the change. I have the dream. Am I going to actually take action on it? And I said, to me, that's because you don't have a vision that is more compelling than your fear. Like people will say, I can't believe that you auditioned in New York City and like I just wouldn't have the courage to do that. Like, I I don't think people who are actors in New York are just have more courage than other people. They're more motivated that they want the end goal and they will put themselves through the rejection and the competition and all of those negative aspects of it because they're just so compelled to want to perform. Yeah. And the people that quit and give up and go home, it doesn't mean they weren't strong enough or talented enough. They're just like in college as an actor, they always tell you, if you if there's anything else you can do in the world, go do that thing. <laughs> and you want to like bop someone in the nose. You're like, stop telling me that I don't want what I want. Right, like, yeah. Um, stop talking about me like I'm not here. Um, and yet I realized once I got to New York, oh, it's because if you have any other plan B that is could make you comparably as happy, that is way less of a steep climb, you'll just take it. Why would you not? Yeah. Like, but the people that do that, it's because they're like, I have there is nothing else I could imagine doing. Like my why is compelling enough. And I say yeah. in the classic, like, I don't um, I don't have a compelling reason to jump out of an airplane, so I will probably never overcome my fear of skydiving. Like, just why would right. I? I'm probably probably never going to start that. So I think that's such a great point that if you if we do focus on what is my real why of this, that's what becomes more compelling. And when you also said that they have these major life experiences, 
you know, my my biggest change that I've talked about a lot on this podcast really was in mental and emotional health and mm-hmm. just feeling burnt out and anxious and overwhelmed and short tempered and just all of those much more nebulous things that I didn't like about myself, that I hadn't liked about myself for so long, but that I didn't really know how to change. But when I I started a business saying I could be crazy for three years, like I knew it was going to be insane for a while. But for some reason, I'd given myself that marker of I don't want to live just a whirlwind life. It's yeah. got to be sustainable, yes. but I know it's not going to be easy. So, so for some reason, I have no idea where I got it from. Three years was my tipping point. Once I got to like three and a half years and it was still insane is when I started to be like, I've got to f- start researching a better way to do this. Mm. And the only people that I saw teaching it, there was two two people, like three people I could think of specifically. They all had a rock bottom story of, you know, Christian couple and they both have affairs and their marriage is completely crumbling or this other Christian couple where he walks out the door one day and just says, like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. She's like, what do you what do you mean you don't know if you can do this anymore? Where they kind of had this wake up call of I'm going to lose this precious thing to me, this yeah. marriage, this family, if I don't figure out how to do this better. And I started saying, I don't want to wait until I get to a rock bottom story to get there. And I think in some ways, because I wasn't married, I maybe like it wasn't affecting someone else, mm-hmm. but I knew I wanted to be married. So it was kind of that vision, not a direct, like no one would want to marry me when I'm this stressed out. But I think there was a subconscious. Yeah. If if it has that kind of toll on a marriage and I know I want a marriage, then I want to figure out now so that I don't get into a marriage and then get to that point. That's so good. Um, so I think just for anyone listening who wants to go through a change and you're hearing, well, I got to these rock bottom moments, that also can be your motivation to say, I don't want to, ha- I don't want to have to live through one of those rock bottom moments and think, oh, well, here's the silver lining that so-and-so in my life passed away. Like it's, none of that has to happen and I can you know, make that change. Yeah. I actually just had a conversation with a girl earlier this week um, who's interested in me becoming her coach. And I asked her, you know, what is your motivation for wanting to make these changes to your life now? And she said, I've seen so many other people in my life experience these things because of their health and I don't want to get there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's the thing is like, and I, I immediately was like, wow, I applaud you for that because that is not common. Like, most yes. people allow heartache or rock bottom to be their motivator mm-hmm. and realizing that you don't want to experience that, but you see that you're headed on a path that could get to that one day. Yes. That's so huge. Yeah, I love that. Y'all, this conversation has so much in it. I decided to divide it up into two episodes. <laughs> Otherwise, this was going to get so long. And there was already so much that we covered that I just don't want you to kind of gloss over it. I really want you to be able to think about what we covered today and what action steps you might take from this episode. If you have questions about Brian's specific program that he mentioned, we really didn't get into the details of that because weight loss is not what today was about. It was about change. But if that piqued your interest, I'm going to put his Instagram below. 
you can DM him and follow up and find out more information all about that. And if you are an entrepreneur and this got you into the mindset of really what you want to change in your business and life this year, the Elegant Excellence Mastermind is closing applications in the next week. I have links for that as well as the free workshop that I'm teaching on how to have more confidence making business decisions, as well as the Elegant Excellence Journal, anything that we touched on today, swipe up and that will be in the description below. But if this is the year that you are wanting to change something, you're welcome in advance that I have created these things for you. It is why I created the Elegant Excellence Journal and the Elegant Excellence Mastermind so much of my life success, joy, happiness, peace has come from actions that I have taken, seasons when I have embraced change and the tools that have gotten me there, and everything that I have found in my own life, I have packaged into things that I can create and therefore pass on to you as my gift. So please stop wishing that Brian's story or my story in different ways, whatever your changes could be yours. Start doing something about it. Stop saying that you don't know what or how. You might not even be saying that out loud, but in the back of your mind, that's the thought. I wouldn't know where to begin. I don't think that I could do that. I don't think that I could get there. And take an action. The Elegant Excellence Journal will help you get there. If you are an entrepreneur, the mastermind will get you there. And the wisdom in today's podcast, even if you need to re-listen and take notes, is going to help get you there until I see you right back here next week for part two of this incredible conversation on change. I'll see you then. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately, having been sick, which of course I am not loving, but Jeremy and I both got colds and coughs in December, and then we were a little better over the holidays, and then we got sick again when we got back. But something that I've really been loving is taking baths with Epsom salt, lavender, and my bath tray. So I know that taking baths, does anyone else feel like taking baths has become a thing because it's like the easiest form of self-care and we're all about self-care? And so I just feel like people are constantly telling me to take a bath, which did not happen like 10 years ago. So I know we're really into baths. But I, truth be told, can sometimes still be like, oh, that just feels like a lot of work for some reason. And I think being sick has just motivated motivated me to feel like it is something healthy that I'm doing for my body. Because Epsom salt, which I just get in a big old bag from Amazon, it's really cheap. And that has uh, magnesium in it, which supposedly we are all deficient in, and is really good for muscle soreness and stress and Inflammation has all sorts of good properties for us. So I put a, I just shake it out. I don't measure it or anything, but it's probably about a cup full of that in there. And then I have a lavender bubble bath. I think it's Honest Company, the Jessica Alba one. It might be a kid's bubble bath. I don't know. But um, her company, you know, has all healthy, clean ingredients in them. So um, I put that in there. And just knowing that I'm kind of, detoxing my body a little bit, so to speak, with the uh, Epsom salt. I'm doing something good for my body with the magnesium. The lavender is just calming. And I am trying to be better at my morning routine, which I'm sort of giving myself some grace that this is not quite the season as we wrap up things for the mastermind. I'm, I'm still sort of in work mode transitioning into this new year. So I'm giving myself grace there. But by being sick, I am more focused on my nighttime routine that precedes the morning one of really getting to bed. And so having this bath also just kind of anchors a little bit, okay, I got to work backwards. What time do I want to be in bed to start reading? What time do I want to get in the bath? And there's also a little bit of an anchor with the bath. Like you can only be in there so long before it starts to get cold. 
So if I sit down on the couch, I might lose like two hours on Instagram and TV and all these things. But if I get in the bath, it's a clearer, immediate path to. And then I put on my pajamas and I'd had all that lavender and it made me feel relaxed. And so I went right on into bed. And the bath tray, I just got this from Amazon, but it goes across your bathtub I might have even mentioned it on here before because it really is one of my favorite things. What the heck did I do before I had a bath tray, guys? Because now you put your laptop on the bath tray and then you watch season one of you, that Penn Badgley show on Netflix that my whole team is into. So I got really into and um, you just are able to be in there and be multitasking on your Instagram. I mean... Obviously, this is like the most first world bath that you've ever heard of. But I have my I have my water bottle on that tray. I, I light a candle. If I wasn't sick or I wasn't trying to do dry, dry January, I would have a glass of wine on there. I mean, it just really, guys, the bath tray is like magical. Get your girlfriend's one. Buy somebody it for Valentine's Day. Get into it. <laughs> but I hope that this inspires you to do something that is healthy for your body, brings you a little bit of joy. And since I asked on Instagram and 82% of you said that your morning routine is something that you too are trying to work on in the new year. So maybe let's think about how baths help us wind down in the nighttime so that we can have those better morning routines. All right, love. I will see you back here next week with Grace and Gumption. Till next Wednesday.